Hey guys, uh, welcome to the second episode of the uh, Paddle Pedal Fish podcast. Uh, we've got a slim crew tonight, lots of things going on for everybody. So tonight we've got our hosts, uh, Alan Reed and uh, Matt Gibson. Uh, Matt's actually new to the show, so we might have him give us a little bit of background on himself. And uh, of course, uh, this is Jason Young. And we also have a special guest tonight with Jackson Orr. So tonight we'd like to talk about uh, a few topics. We're going to cover um, some safety early on in the year, especially uh, in the state of Indiana. Uh, we're going to cover some of the national events that happened this past weekend with uh, the Indiana participation in those events. Um, here's some stories from Alan and Jackson, who both got to fish an event this this past weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about the boat shows that have all wrapped up in the state of Indiana uh, we're going to discuss some updates for some of the clubs, at least for those clubs that are participating in tonight's podcast, and uh, some upcoming events in March. So, uh, actually, let's go ahead and get this started off. Matt, why don't you give us a little bit of background on yourself? In our first episode of the podcast, uh, each of us that were participating were, were able to tell a little bit about ourselves, uh, how we got into kayak fishing, uh, what we're excited for this season, uh, what any special plans we may have. And uh, so since you're uh, new to the show, new host on the show, why don't you give us a little background on yourself? Sure. So I've been fishing pretty much my whole life. Uh, I got into kayak fishing, actually, Jason, when I met you and uh, Joe Gentry and Brian Crossan down at a open house at then Ted's Aquamarine. Uh, gosh, I don't know. What was that? Probably four or five years ago yeah it probably yeah. was i actually had forgotten all about that and uh, wow <laughs> yeah. so that, that's actually what got yeah. you started in kayak fishing that 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 was a, a big part of it you know i saw uh chad hoover uh kayak passing uh tv and said man i'd, I'd really love to do that was kind of discouraged in the, the bass boat world um by by kind of lack of funds and and so got into uh watching chad hoover and then saw that you guys were going to be at the open house went to the open house which i go to which i used to go to every year until they stopped having it and uh yeah brian yourself and uh joe was there i had small booth there and uh that's kind of what got it started for me that's pretty cool. I actually did not know that. That was yeah. a, that was an interesting show. They had us. Uh, they had asked us to come and and set up. And um, Brian actually brought his boat up to put on display up there. He had it all rigged yep. out. Yep had had a you know Raymarine on it and yeah had it all rigged out and talked to Brian for a while. Talked to Joe for a little bit uh, and then. Uh, and talk to you for a little bit and got you guys a schedule. And at that time, I don't, I didn't even have a kayak, uh, but uh, I knew that it was something I want to be a part of and kind of grew from there. So what's your, uh, what's your 2019 looking like? Uh, so we're going to fish all the IKA stuff. Um, and then, in May, I'm going to head down uh, and fish one of the KBF events down in Georgia. Um, I'm going to go down and fish the Three Rivers event. Uh, shoal bass is something I've always been interested in catching. Um, and going to go down there and chase some uh, shoal bass with those guys and 
and uh, throughout the summer and then fish some of the IKA events and I don't know, might do a few month long stuff like that. Uh, but you know, primarily stay around here and, and do a lot more fish than I did last year. I think that's always everyone's goal for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. All right, man. Well, thanks for letting, letting us know a little bit about yourself. And for those that don't know, Matt's actually uh, a new member of the board of directors for Indiana kayak anglers. So uh, we've had a little bit of shuffle up in our board this year. Uh, I'm still on there. Matt's on there and uh, Jim or is also on there. So we got the three of us uh, working out the details for the season and getting things together for that club. So, um, so let's move on to the topic of safety. And I know Alan, this was something that, uh, you really wanted to talk about and, and had some good ideas about. So we'll let you, uh, we'll let you get this going. All right. Well, um, you know, definitely this time of year, there's a couple of different factors that come into play and we always hear about these things on the news. Um, the first one of those being, um, the high water. Right. So with all the rain that we've had right now, um, you know, I know the lakes around here, even going to, you know, down south, there's lots of flooding, lots of lake uh, level management trying to be done. You know, the rivers are, are also backed up and, and waters, um, you know, flowing fast and up into some of the, you know, the dangerous areas. So, you know, it's every year we hear about somebody that, uh, you know, decides to go out on a, a kayak, um, ill prepared for, you know, the white water type conditions that, that they have, you know, they come into uh, an area with a low head dam, um, you know, and, you know, we, we hear about somebody tragically losing their life um, because of that, you know, potential uh, opportunity and excitement of, of being out there like that. So, you know, just use caution, be smart. Uh, you know, when we're going out on the water, don't get uh, yourself in a situation where, you know, you're not going to be able to get away. Um, you know, don't, you know, definitely don't go out without your PFD on. Um, you know, know the waters you're going to be traveling, you know, especially if you're going to be on moving waters. Um, so you're not coming into those, those dams that are now covered up with that high level and, uh, you know, just getting yourself in a bad situation there. Yeah. Even, even with the water levels up and those low head dams in place, even though it, might be a smooth ride over the top. You still have that turbulent water on the downside of them that can be very dangerous. Um, I'm reminded of something I heard many, many years ago. I used to watch a lot of videos of, of, uh, of guys, you know, running waterfalls and stuff in kayaks, obviously not fishing kayaks, but you know, guys that do this professionally. And, and I remember reading one time or hearing one time in a video that it's important to remember that, that high water caused by, uh, flooding, and you know melting snow and whatever that that causes rivers to rise above way above their normal levels that that high water isn't the same as white water it may it may look like it but when you've got white water rapids and and rivers that are generally always flowing at high levels that those those rivers are at a in a position the objects in those rivers are in a position to always be the same and always be there whereas high water and flooding you've got a lot of things that 
that aren't normally there, trees that have fallen in the water that are creating some some turbulent water that can be dangerous and, and they're just it's not the same and even though it may look the same and like you said that that outreach for excitement that that adrenaline rush is there it's not the same and it's not not safe yeah yeah and then you know you get on the edges of our waters right and you have a lot of down trees and limbs and, and things like that that you have no idea that they're there um until it's too late so um yeah, so that's the first part um you know is the high level and then the other part is you know even though you know in southern indiana the the ice has come off the water um and as northern indiana starts to have the ice recede um the water's still cold and um you know there's a lot of a lot of stuff out there about how your body reacts to that water um you know if you, if you were to go in um you're going to you only have a certain amount of time till your body's just going to quit functioning. Um, so, you know, to the level that you'll be able to get yourself out. So again, um, having your PFD, you know, on is, is going to be a big thing. And, um, we we're having this discussion beforehand and, and, uh, Matt had pulled up some information for us here, um, around recommendations for those of us that are using an inflatable, uh, PFD. Um, so obviously, Right, we want to look at what your manufacturer's recommendation is. Um, it looked like a lot of the research that we saw um, was saying that we shouldn't be using a, a self-inflatable in conditions less than freezing temperatures. So, um, obviously, research um, what your manufacturer uses, but that's probably a good sound piece of advice uh, to keep in mind when you're going out to do that. Any other uh, things you guys have on cold weather. I think it's also important to consider dry suits if you if you can afford one because they are kind of expensive. But that that's definitely going to help if you do happen to go in. And it's always important to have um, some dry clothes at the ready. So dry clothes in your truck in case you need to get changed real quick. If and you're close to your vehicle or. Uh, Carry, carry a change of clothes and a dry bag with you in the kayak in case you uh, aren't near your vehicle and need to get into dry clothes quickly. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> I also have some, uh, you know, if you look at some of the charts out there, there's recommendations for, you know, whether you uh, have a, a dry suit or not, you know, based on the air temperature and water temperatures. So, um, you know, recommend people take a look at that information and and understand you know are you going out properly prepared for the conditions that you're going to be on the water in and and this goes right what we're talking about here right this goes whether you're fishing or not right this is just yeah. general on the water safety um the safety items and you know it's a great thing that kayak fishing and kayak sales are up right and it's getting more people into the sport it's getting more people out onto the water and out into nature and things like that but it's also bringing people that don't have all this information um you know buying you know kind of the lower end you know entry level hardware store kind of kayaks which is great right but you know those of us that are experienced and out in this um you know, if you're at a ramp or, or see somebody doing something, right, speak up and and 
you know, they may look at you funny and they may not appreciate it at that time, but um, if something happens, they, they definitely will. Yeah, something I'd add to it too is, is something I always try to do before I go out, especially solo, is tell somebody where you're going to be in a kind of a expected time when you'll be off the water. Uh, you know, that way somebody, you know, if something goes terribly wrong, at least at least they have a good starting point and understanding of, of the area that you'll be in. That's a really good point. I was actually going to mention that even in this early season, cold water might not even be a bad idea to just avoid solo trips altogether and make sure you've got someone yeah. with you so you can each help yep. each, you can help each other out if there were an incident. Jackson, did you have anything to add to the safety discussion, or do you think we got it all covered there? Um, I mean, one more thing I would add, um, just like worst-case scenario, um, maybe have an extra flotation device. I mean, maybe under your seat if there's room, or if you have a front hatch or something, um, just for, like, worst-case scenario. You never know what's going to happen. That's a good point. That's a real good point. Have you guys ever have you guys had any uh any scares on the water yourselves personally? Um, I haven't, but I know my dad did on the White River. He took a spill. Um, it was super serious and very scary. His pro angler flipped over sideways. Um, he got caught in a log, um, the wrong place while the current was running really fast and lost just about everything i mean all of his tackle so it was, it was pretty scary but he got out safe yeah mine wasn't in uh, a cold water situation but uh this last year's uh, sayak event down on the blue river you know the water you know, it was flowing pretty good with the rain that we'd had and uh i had pre-fish the day before and so i knew there was an area where you had to do a, a bend and then on that bend there was a tree around it and water was flowing on both sides of the tree and in the, the first day um i chose to go around the left side of the tree and the current kind of you know bounced me up against the the tree and the second day um when we were actually doing the tournament i'd fished a pocket so that was off to the left of that so i was coming in from the other way and I just didn't, you know, didn't really think this through and tried to go up the right side of the tree and, and the water was coming from the right and it, it pinned my kayak up against that tree. And, uh, you know, luckily, I mean, it was only in a couple of feet of, you know, two, three, two or three feet of water. Um, you know, but you know, water was rushing in, um, you know, we were having to unload. I did have a, a partner I was fishing with that day and, uh, you know, we came over and, you know, the kayak was actually pinned up underneath uh, a limb on the front and then um, the water rushing in there. And it took everything that we had to pull that kayak out of there. Um, you know, it's kind of going through my head. It's like, well, if we can't get this out, what do we do? All right, we're, we're in the middle of nowhere. Um, but we, we got it out. You know, there wasn't anything bad that happened, but it just, it just puts in your mind, right? How fast something can happen, even, even though you're, thinking it through at the, in the moment things go sideways that actually uh, for whatever reason reminds me of something i did see fairly recently 
and I don't even recall the context of it, but I, I think it, I think it was in the context of the um, increased number of water rescues that the Coast Guard has had to deal with and local authorities have had to deal with because of kayaking. And uh, one of the recommendations is actually a pretty good idea. They're actually recommending you write your, your name, address, and phone number on your kayak. That way, if somehow you get, especially on moving water, right, um, if you get separated from your kayak and somebody discovers it, that they can attempt to contact you to make sure you're okay. Um, I think that's probably a pretty good idea. Just grab a Sharpie and write your name and number somewhere on your, on your boat. That, that might've come in helpful on chick if things would have gone a little differently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, sorry. Are we allowed to chuckle at that or is it still too soon? Oh, no, I've been laughing about it myself. So. Okay. Good. Well, we'll get to that in just a second. So we'll definitely get to that in just a second. So, um, I think that's pretty good coverage of some of the safety, especially considering the current seasons and everything in Indiana. But, uh, let's move on to the national events. So we had two, two national events where we had, uh, several Indiana anglers participating in them. Um, there were actually three national events this weekend, but I don't think we had anybody from Indiana drive out to California to fish. So we'll just cover the two of them. Um, first was the Hobie Bass Open Series on uh, Lake Chickamauga. And this is the inaugural event for the new Hobie Bass Open Series. And uh, quite a turnout, really, um, especially considering the conditions. So they had 106 anglers show up. And uh, conditions were far from ideal with rising water all week long. Uh, it sounded like it got pretty intense during the day of the tournament, too. Uh, the winner of that event was Nathan Green from Virginia with 173 and three-quarter inches. Um, but our Indiana anglers uh, finished pretty well. We had Alan Reed, of course, on this podcast, with finishing 12th place, 89 inches, with a big bass of 22 inches, which I believe is a personal best. Right, Alan? Yes, sir. All right. Jackson uh, finished 15th. Not too far behind Allen at 81 and three quarter. Uh, Jim Orr finished 23rd with 71 inches, and also I think a new personal best with 23 inch big fish. Steve Martin finished in 39th with 42 and a half inches. Uh, Dave Sewell finished in 44th place. I admit that I do not know Dave Sewell. I'm not sure. I'd have to look at our roster to see if he's fished any events with Ica in the past. Uh, but he was listed as Indiana as an Indiana angler on Tourney X, so I put him on the list. Um, Kyle King finished 51st place. Nick Matthews finished in 72nd. And I don't believe Nick fin even fished day two. Uh, Jim Strunk finished in 75th, and I think he falls in that category of not fishing day two. And then uh, Aiden Darlington um, fished, but uh, didn't place. Um, so then the other event that went on this weekend was a, a kayak bass fishing trail event on Santee Cooper. They had 122 anglers show up, and those numbers are just insane. And I realize that, that guys are always really excited to get out as soon as they can the first of the year, but those kind of numbers are just 
awesome. Shows the growth of the sport for sure. Um, our two Indiana anglers that fished that event were Dirk Haywood, Hayward, sorry, uh, finished in 45th with 33 and a half inches, and Mike Elsie finished 52nd with 31 and a half inches. And that was just a one day event. Um, Eric McCormick, or I'm sorry, Eric Cormack from West Virginia, uh, won the trail event with 94 and a quarter inches. And uh, probably an interesting story from that that I wish I knew more details on, but I don't, um, was uh, in parallel with the trail series was also the first KBF Pro Tour event. And the winner of the Pro Tour event is actually a 14-year-old from Illinois uh, by the name of Dylan Fuqua. And uh, that's pretty freaking awesome. He finished second in the trail series. But that's where I got confused, and I haven't quite figured it out yet. But he actually yeah, so we can we can cover that for you. So, so basically, the pro series for KBF this year is kind of a side pot. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can compete in the trail event, and then you do an additional kind of buy-in to compete compete in the pro side. Mm-hmm. So Eric Eric had not bought into the extra yeah pro tournament. Yeah, I, um, I got that figured out where the discrepancy is that on the Pro Tour side, uh, Dylan had 94 and a half inches. And yes. on the trail so, side, he had 94 inches. Yep, so he covered that as well. So, um, Who's he? In Dylan, um, in one of his posts that okay. I saw. Okay. So he was under the assumption that he could not submit the same picture for both tournaments and so he was taking uh multiple pictures and and submitting different pictures into those different events and so he was able to get uh the fish longer in one of the pictures versus the other pictures and so there was this this difference in length because they were actually different pictures and so that uh, so that that 21 inch fish he had on the pro side is the same fish that went uh, 20 and three quarter on the trail side. That's what he said. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So, cause there was a lot of discussion and people commenting back to him. It's like, well, you don't have to take multiple pictures, right? I mean, that's crazy trying to get two different pictures and you know, all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. you could, you could have done the same thing. So, um, that was his explanation of why it was different. It's hard to believe that's the same fish. I mean, when I was I was trying to look at both of the fish side by side, thinking that it was the same fish, and then I convinced myself it wasn't, <laughs> because because in the one where he got scored twenty one, it's nearly twenty one and a quarter. It's hard to believe he was able to squeeze an extra almost an inch out of that fish. Yeah, I, that's crazy. That's what he said. So yeah. I mean, it it's definitely close to being you know obviously the same fish, but pretty wild whoops yeah. <laughs> yeah it's definitely a whoops moment but my yeah. goodness what what a tournament for him i'm not uh i'm not familiar with his history i don't i don't know how long he's been doing this or anything it just caught me off guard i actually um didn't even realize that he was only 14 years old until i saw uh cody cody milton's post yeah about it that's yeah. pretty uh-huh. cool I think he said that that was his second tournament win. 
turning out big time for that one. That's that's great. Yeah, it's pretty awesome to see so many young guns getting in the sport and doing pretty good nowadays. Yeah. Well, couldn't couldn't imagine if we had any of those around here, huh, Jackson? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so, yep. so, so Jackson, why don't you tell us your story about the uh, Hobie Bats Open Series event on Chick? Well, we arrived in Saudi Daisy, um, Tennessee. Um, I think it was really early Friday morning, so we were able to pre-fish Friday, but. Unfortunately, when I woke up, um, like we slept in the truck overnight, but unfortunately when I woke up, I had fever symptoms. So, um, I was a little upset because of that, I mean, I don't like being sick in general, but I was insanely excited for this tournament and that just made like, I I was scared that I wasn't going to find the fish because I was going to be sick and. So I I ended up taking a ton of naps during pre-fishing and um, breaks and everything. Um, Towards the end of the day, I did end up finding fish with um, Nick Matthews. We got on a huge school of um, pretty good bass. That's when he caught a 20-incher, and I want to say he caught like a 16- or 17-incher as well. And I went back there and caught like a 19-incher. So we left that spot alone. And... We fished that Saturday, but Saturday the water came up. I want it was like um, from 9 a.m. in the morning to 2 p.m. in the afternoon. It came up like two feet, so that kind of messed up the bite. I ended up catching four that day. I think Nick caught one in that spot. Um, we were throwing um, crank baits. I think we were throwing four XDs, um, uh, Red Craw strike king crankbaits and i caught three of my fish on a picasso lures tungsten knocker and kind of like a red craw color with the red blade um but sunday um that was the game changer um the current was really flowing sunday and the lake um rose like riz and then like uh nine feet so you had to adjust to those conditions and my fish unfortunately moved and i've got to feeling sick sunday morning again um i only ended up catching one um no other bites but my dad did um end up getting on a pretty good bite and caught a 23 answer which it was really fat it's probably eight pushing like eight and a quarter maybe um and he was catching his fish shallow and um, some cattails using a jackhammer. So um, that's basically just a little recap, I guess. Feeling better now? Um, yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot better than I did on Sycamore for sure. But um, I'm not sure what's wrong. If it keeps up, I think I'm gonna go to the doctor. I just think I had a little bit of the flu. Um, I'm not sure though. I'm sure the time on the road didn't help that out any. No, not at all. Especially being in the truck. Yeah. And sleeping in it. <laughs> so Jackson, you kind of talked about the the light conditions. Talk about the weather conditions. <laughs> well, um, it 
the yeah Friday um it was raining basically all day um I mean off and on but Saturday it it basically not poured but pretty close to poured all day and I mean that's what um changed the conditions of the lake and made the fish um be a little more finicky and hard to catch I guess and then all of a sudden on Sunday, um, it was like 54, pushing 60 degrees outside, and the water temps were getting up to like mid to high 50. So it was a crazy change. Yeah. So did you uh, did you guys fish uh, that really muddy water, or did you guys find some clear water? Well, it was clear. Um, we launched at uh, Harbor Lights Marina. Um, and we fished pretty close to the nuclear plant because that's where we thought the warmer water was going to be. Um, the creek we fished Saturday was actually, it was clear, but Sunday just killed it. There was the, it was as muddy as could be. And there was so much timber floating around on top of the water, trees. I mean, there was docks floating down the lake. It was insane. <laughs> did you, did you come in the sight of the? What was it, like a 40-yard dock floating down the river? I did not see that. I saw that on Facebook. That was pretty crazy. I couldn't imagine. Was anybody flipping the dock? <laughs> I think it was moving <laughs> too fast to be flipping it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never saw. Maybe maybe somebody did. I never saw anybody try to go out in the middle of the main lake. I, th I thought it was pretty crazy too that um like Saturday night the parking lots were fine and then Sunday morning all of a sudden the parking lots had like three feet of water in it and cars were a quarter way underwater. Yeah, it was. Uh, I've never seen uh, a lake change as fast as that thing did. The way I mean, and, and as much as it did. It's pretty remarkable. So what was your take on the atmosphere of the tournament? Um, I thought it was pretty awesome. I mean, um, they ran it very well. Um, I, I mean, there were, the attendance was crazy. Um, there are so many people, um, big sticks there, um, but so many names you see on Facebook that, like, I've never met in person. So, I mean, I didn't. I had a great time. I mean, even even if I didn't catch any fish both days, I mean, I it was an awesome time. Did you have a similar experience, Alan, regarding the the atmosphere of the event? I did. Um, you know, like Jackson said, right? I mean, it was kind of the who's who of of, of bass fishing east of the Mississippi, and uh, you know, but then. You know, those people that you knew, um, right, it's, it's good to get together, you know, have dinner with them, you know, talk about just life, what's going on. Of course, you're talking about what happened out on the days of the, you know, you were out there fishing and that kind of stuff. And then uh, I had the, the opportunity um, through some some other friends that we were having dinner with. Um, Nathan Green, the, the winner, um, actually joined us for dinner a couple nights. And, uh, and so that was really you know, really nice to, you know, to talk to him, um, 
kind of hear about how his pre-fishing was and, you know, not, uh, you know, not trying to get in any details or anything like that with him, but, you know, just, just general chat. And, uh, and that was great. And, uh, you know, hanging out with, uh, some of the guys out of Cincinnati, um, Kyle King and I room together. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a great time. And then, uh, you know, that first night, um, it wasn't quite to the, the level as to what the, um, Hobie open on Kentucky Lake is right. Which is kind of their flagship, uh, tournament. Um, you know, but they had pizza for everybody that night. Um, and then, uh, well, if you haven't had an opportunity to see the, the trophy that they gave away, um, that was, that was really nice. Um, the top three, um, all got a, a plaque or a trophy, um, that were very nicely made. So, um, yeah, it was a great time. I mean, you know, good to get together and, and talk to everybody. It's been several years since I've been to the the original or flagship Hobie Bass Open on Kentucky Lake, but um, I got to go to the first few, and they did a they always did a bang up job of running those events. And I know, um, I know AJ his background with directing tournaments and stuff started with the what used to be called the bluegrass yak masters. I, I think they've changed their name a little bit, but um, those guys have always put on really good events. I've been able to been blessed to be able to fish a couple of those. And so he's definitely got a good history of it. And I look forward to seeing how it goes this season, but so far it's off to a fantastic start. Yeah. And they did some other things that, you know, I hadn't really seen before. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, they used the eye angler app. Like we talked about that last time. Um, versus tourney X and, you know, they were sending uh, messages out to the anglers, you know, emails and that kind of stuff. Just, you know, Hey, current's really high, you know, watch out for, you know, timber coming down, docks coming down, uh, you know, the river as it's going and things like that. Right. So safety was definitely a, a key piece of what was going on. And, and AJ, um, he even said at the, you know, the closing piece of it, um, you know, they toyed with, you know, the conditions were so bad that they may not, you know, they, they may have canceled the event and then decided, you know, it, you know, people were going to handle it professionally enough to, to go out there and, and do this. And, um, but they never lost sight of the safety piece as well. Right. We even delayed, uh, take off the second day by half an hour, um, to make sure that there was full, uh, light so we could see because the water had changed so much and you didn't know what was going to be coming down the river at you. Like docks and cows. Were there cows? <laughs> I, I never saw a cow. I, I heard, uh, you know, somebody said something about a house. I don't know if that was just a joke or, uh, <laughs> if there was actually something floating down the river. We got cows. <laughs> oh, that was a tornado. Wasn't it? That wasn't a flood. Never mind. Crazy. So, Alan, tell us about your your actual your the fishing of your 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 fishing experience for the day. Zuh. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, my my pre fishing went really well, actually. I mean, obviously, I had a game plan going down there, and conditions completely changed that. Um, and in kind of my mind, it was, hey, I'm I'm fishing Indiana muddy water, right? Which we have a lot of here in southern Indiana, so. I kind of changed my tactic and, and went that route and, uh, 
you know, pre-fishing, I, I caught, uh, what, a 20 and, uh, uh, I don't know, another good sized bass my first afternoon of pre-fishing and kind of formed a pattern. Um, and then, you know, second day, Kyle and I had kind of grouped up. We, we knew conditions were a lot different than what we'd expected. We both had a spot to go to. So we, uh, we went and tackled one area together, kind of broke it down, see if we liked that area better than the other one. And, uh, I locked into a fish and I don't know what it was for sure. In my mind, it's a, it's a double digit bass, um, uh, that didn't want to move. And, uh, and then, you know, I got a little impatient and pulled on the rod and the hooks came out, but, um, caught another fish shortly after that. It was at 18. Um, my first spot was going to be very, very crammed with, um, other anglers and there was a 150 boat tournament coming out of the cove across the lake so i chose to go to this other lake which i thought was going to be less congested um to start off with and it was a very current dependent location so um the current was flowing good saturday morning so uh my my saturday morning got off to a a cold wet start when uh i forgot to tie my kayak to the trailer and backed it down into the water and it slid off the other anglers at my ramp had already gone around the bend and so i stripped down quick and swam about 30 yards to go get my kayak as it was heading out toward the main lake um which just because we were talking about the safety piece here i want to say this too right so 46 degree water is cold Okay, so there's no there's no joking about that. I I kind of made a decision in my head based on my triathlon background and having swam in in water temperatures, you know, mile swims in 56 degree water, 58 degree water, that I knew how my body was going to react to it. Um, and so I felt I was prepared enough to to go out there and go after that. So if you've never been in in a situation where you've you know, had to, to be in water like that. It's, you know, it's pretty, uh, pretty intense, right? I mean, your body has a natural tendency to not want to breathe. Um, and so you, you have to keep that up. Just keep, right. Just keep going, get in and out as fast as possible. So, um, but that's what I did. I got out there, um, headed to my spot, um, was, uh, went to the end of my location, which was a, a kind of a rock wall, um, finally got into a fish and, uh, fished around a little bit more. I was about to pull the plug on that spot when I was coming up to the area where, uh, the current was flowing in and I saw some, some ripples in the water and cast in there and, and caught, uh, two fish, um, back to back hooked into, a another fish, which ended up um, swimming at me. And, when I tried to catch up to it, when I finally got there, it was about a foot of water or a foot of line left. And, uh, it saw me darted the other way and there wasn't any give in that. And it took off. Um, so I felt like, you know, that spot was still going. The current was still coming through. I thought it was one of those spots that would keep you regenerating through the day. I knew the bass were moving around, um, with all the current going. And, um, shortly after that, um, they closed the, the lower end dam down and that's what started the water rising and uh, the current stopped in that area and and that shut down my bite on that and i was then i was on the search 
um, in that area because it was kind of late enough. I didn't, I couldn't really move to my second location um, and, and get any good quality fishing in there. So um, I had, you know, with the current having gone down and, and their original projections on the TVA site was that they weren't going to, to be flowing very much water the next day. I was planning on going to my backup spot um, on Sunday morning, but when we got up, I was, you know, was kind of scrolling through Facebook and saw somebody said, Hey, you know, the water's, water's flowing good. And I went and checked the site and they were pulling 200,000 uh, cubic feet a second. Right. So current was way up from where it had been even the whole time we were there and uh, said, well, you know, my spot should be, spot should be good again. Right. That, that current going. And when I got out there, like Jackson had touched on, I mean, water was way up um, in my area. I, I was going to guess I was probably six to eight feet above where I was uh, the day before. Water was ripping um, into that uh, rock wall um, where I'd been catching fish uh, day one. And uh, and so because it was, you know, water was deeper um, and the rocks were now covered with water, um, I switched from uh, fishing a 2.5 square bill on day one to uh, uh, little John MD um, to get down into those rocks. Um, hooked into uh, a decent fish, probably a 17 or 18. And as I was pulling it into the, the net, one of my treble hooks snagged on the net and my fish swam off. And with as tough as the bite has been, I knew that was going to hurt. And uh, yeah, it ended up costing me from, from being the money in the end. Um, and the, uh, you know, you just keep fishing, um, got out there. I had an area where the, when the wind started to come up and, and Sunday was really windy, I was fishing the east side of the lake and it was a westerly wind. And, uh, so water was rushing back into this cove and, and I just needed to take cover for a while because the waves were getting pretty intense. And I got back there, switched over to switch, uh, fishing a spinner bait with a big Colorado blade on it. Um, in that dirty water, um, you know, it had gone from zero water back there to about four foot of water up into the bushes and, and grass. And so, um, that's where I caught my 22, um, just right around where the, uh, kind of a wind protected area and, uh, went on around there again, caught another 17. Um, and, you know, just kept trying to, you know, catch something like Jackson said, water temperature on Saturday morning had been like 46, 47 to mid afternoon on Sunday. It was uh, 56 um, where I was fishing. So um, the bass were moving up, but uh, just couldn't get another bite that day. So um, when they took the leaderboard down, I was in 11th and I knew, you know, I knew in my mind, it's like, man, I just need one more fish. I need one more fish and I'll be in the money. And, uh, just couldn't, couldn't get it. And it wasn't until after the awards, um, that I realized I was 12th and, you know, that whole drive home that night, you know, that, that one fish that the, uh, treble hook snagged on the net just kept replaying through my head. Cause I knew that was the fish that would, would have bumped me up, uh, probably into eighth place. Um, I'm sure everybody else has stories like that as well. Um, you know, that cost them fish. It was, you know, it was pretty tough, um, a couple of days, but, um, 
but it was fun, right? I mean, it was, it was a great time. Um, enjoyed it. Would love to go back down on that lake, man. There's some monster fish in there. And, uh, you know, one of my goals was to, to get a new PB. And, you know, so I walked away with that and uh, so got the season off to a good start. Looking forward to the rest of the season. It's definitely a good note to get get the season going on, that's for sure. Keeps uh, keeps the blood flowing, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And that rain, um, I don't I don't know for sure where Jackson's was, but, man, it sure felt like that rain was pouring all day on me on Saturday. Um, yeah. I, was, I was already wet, um, so it didn't really matter from my, my little swim in the morning. But um, you know, at one point, I had lightning strike um, right above my head. And I was, I was like, man, if there's, if it happens another time, I'm going to have to go seek cover. And, uh, it it didn't happen. (laughs) It wasn't that bad. Um, (laughs) but you know, I mean, it was pretty high up. So, um, but you know, I never heard another, uh, thunder roll the rest of the time. So, you know, I was able to keep fishing, which I was thankful for. Yeah, you guys. Uh, was the you guys definitely stuck was it out? The field? I, don't know. I don't know if I would have been able to stick it out that long. Was well, the I, field kind of spread out out there on Chick, or was it pretty pretty tight? You know, a lot of guys fishing together. Or? Um, I you know, I mean, that's a um, big enough lake, but I I saw groups of uh, two maybe three people when I was pre-fishing. Okay. Yeah. Um, there was, the other, there was two guys that went out and they, they actually ended up getting uh, second and I think fourth in the tournament where we were fishing from the same ramp that I was. Um, mm-hmm. they went off and fished a different area. Um, but that's kind of what I saw was, you know, just a small, you know, one or two people, um, together at any one time. I think some of the other areas, um, some of the more pop- popular coves, um, it sounded like there were just a ton of people in there. And I know, yeah. I know Kyle, uh, King. So Sunday, um, we had that 30 minute delay that I was talking about. And, um, uh, he had, uh, a boater, um, that was actually, you know, able to take off because he wasn't in a tournament before we were, went back and was fishing his spot back in some, some flooded timber. And, uh, so Kyle kind of stayed back, was fishing and kind of waiting for that guy to move out. And then he wanted to go fish that area because it, you know, he'd found fish there, um, pre-fishing. And, uh, a little while later, this guy's like loading up his stuff, pulls the trolling motor up and he comes over to him and he says, Hey, do you have a scale and a, and a camera? And he pulls out this huge bass. And it was just heartbreaking to him, right? Because he, that's, if we hadn't had the 30 minute thing, right? He'd have been there and would have had the opportunity to catch that fish. Um, and I know he said he saw, you know, one area where there had been some clean water. There were like six anglers fishing in that area um, from kayaks and maybe a couple boats. So there were definitely some spots that they did kind of congregate to, but, you know, there were some of the more popular coves. Jackson, did you have a lot of people stacked up in the areas where you were fishing? 
actually, no. It was just um, well, my dad, um, Aiden, Nick, and obviously me. And then there was Shane Williams there. Um, I think he is from Florida. I could be wrong, but those, those are all the people that um, launched from the launch that I launched from. I think there, there's one thing about that lake is there's definitely a lot of opportunity to fish events there throughout the year. I know there, there's a KVF trail event there in July, I think. Does that sound right? E- I, yes, I think you're right. It's like July 24th or July 25th. I could be wrong, but somewhere around there. Is that the first time you fished fished there, uh, Jackson? Yeah, that is the first time. Yeah, I've studied okay. a ton and watched so many videos and studied the maps, but I mean, it was almost pointless of what I did did because um, <laughs> the lake was completely different. I mean, I bet I studied a map for seven hours, like, and that's not like exaggerating or anything. Like, it, it was crazy. And you've been there before, Alan? I'd not. No, and I was doing the same thing. Jackson was right. I mean, you know, studying map and uh, you know all the videos and all the tournament results and that, right, everything that I could find to find my spot. Uh, I guess kind of like I said, right? It was that same thing. Just throw out all that research because, uh, I mean, other than some cove names, none of the rest of it mattered in those conditions. I mean, where I fished, my visibility was about four inches. Yeah. And uh, from what I gather, right, Chick's uh, normally a pretty clear lake. You think if you go back uh, later this year, you'll be completely dumbfounded by where you're at? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think we've seen the, I think we've seen the different water um, levels. So, I think we experienced all that in about three days. <laughs> um, it's sort of like seasons in Indiana, right? You get all of them in a couple days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, man, I'll tell you what, that lake. Um, those people down there, I, mean, I was, you know, obviously researching things and looking into it and, uh, you know, to, leading up to that tournament, um, two weeks before it, uh, there had already been 34 bass over 10 pounds caught there this year. And in the, uh, in the two weeks leading up to the tournament, there were 13 that's crazy. That's right. So uh, that is a big fish producing lake. It's it's amazing. Is that is that particular statistic uh, one of the reasons why you decided to fish the event and also stick it out and fish it knowing the conditions were going to be crap? <laughs> um, you know, for me, um, so obviously it was the first first event that we really had access to i mean santee was going on it was a gosh that was quite a bit farther drive um to get there but uh you know so that was the first part i mean i knew it was uh going to be a quality field um i had uh you know i'd fished the uh open on kentucky Lake last year it was a well-run event 
Um, I expected this one to be and, and wasn't disappointed in how this one was run. Um, so it was just a combination of everything. And certainly, you know, the opportunity to go fish a lake like that, um, to have an opportunity to go and, and you know, catch a double-digit bass, um, never want to turn that opportunity down. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and you t- you talked about the conditions, right? So I was there to fish a tournament, right? And it didn't matter if they were holding a tournament, I was going to be out there fishing. And and I think that really speaks to, you know, the other comments that I heard other people there, right? Uh, for the most part, and I'm not saying everybody's this way, but, you know, kayak anglers are, they're kind of diehard, right? I mean, we're doing this out of a kayak. We don't have a, a glamorous uh, boat, right? We're working, you know, the summer, we're sweating it out there, getting to wherever we need to get. So a little rain wasn't going to turn us away. Yeah. What I was going to say before, yeah, I agree with you, Alan. Um, when you say, um, like stick it out and everything, even if you're not catching fish, like every cast, like, like any one of your casts could be a 10 pounder. I mean, that's what aj was saying um so i mean that just encouraged me to fish even harder um when i was feeling sick as well i mean you could catch your pb there um any cast yeah and i bet you they're in the lake in the country right now that's been producing as many big bass as that one has yeah i think it was ranked number two in the country i could be wrong Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I didn't know what that was based on, um, but uh, yeah, it's a great fishery. And you know what? It's uh, so I live 45 minutes south of Indianapolis. It's a five and a half hour drive for me. Um, it's worth it. Sounds like Are either you gonna fish the KBF event there? I'm not going to. Um, for me, I'm um, I'm going to focus on the central division this year. Um, gotcha. I'm going to have a, I'm going to have enough travel um, doing those events. Um, well, for the Hobie series, I plan to fish the uh, Kentucky Lake event and Saint Clair. Um, so I'm going to do those three for for Hobie, and then I plan to fish all the central divisions. Gotcha. Yeah, I think I. I'm going to do the same thing as well. Besides, um, I don't think I'm going to fish the KBF event in Kansas, but I am going to hit the um, Kentucky Lake Bass Open, uh, St. Clair. I think I might even make it down to um, Lake Fork, so that should be fun. Ooh, yeah. Is that the number one lake right now? Lake Fork? I'm or Lake Fork or St. Clair? Like uh, like fork. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I know I know what's up there. I mean that, that's another lake that's been on fire the past couple of years. Yeah, it produces giant fish for sure. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to share about uh, about your time on Chick? Um, I think I'm good besides the fact that um, 
uh, AJ McWhorter and Kevin Nakata and the whole Hobie team. Um, I mean, they just run a phenomenal um, event in general. Um, I mean, it was just amazing. Um, all the prizes they gave out. Um, I mean, power poles to St. Croix rods. Uh, they gave out a ton of um, prizes at their tournaments. So it was, it was just an awesome event. So you won a prize. What did you win, Jackson? Uh, I'm pretty sure I won um, a Hobie flag. And I want to say a couple bottles of sunscreen. And I think a Hobie rag or something. I think that's what it was. Okay. Uh, you won. Didn't you win something too? <laughs> I did. I did. So uh, I won one of the, the uh, Hobie side uh boxes and uh and then a, a rod holder um so uh yeah i'm not sure what i'm gonna do with them i don't think they're gonna fit yeah. on the, the wilderness yeah, very well <laughs> i'm sure you can retrofit some some h-rail onto that onto that wildy <laughs> uh, kyle kyle was telling me when we were walking out to the car he's like yeah you could get some h-rail you could put it in this one area and you could use that tackle box you could put it right back here so uh I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with that stuff. I think I have one person that uh, has, has expressed maybe an interest in, in some of that stuff. So, so that uh, that atrial tackle box. Um, when, when I was when I was doing the Hobie thing and fishing from the Hobie, that was always the when when people would ask, "Hey, what accessory should I get with my new pro angler?" That was the one thing I told them they had to get because that thing is super handy. I always hung it off the side of my pro angler and never had any issues losing anything, but boy, was it nice to have quick access to stuff, you know, put all your tools in there and your snacks and everything, man. That thing was great. Yeah, for sure. I had two of those on mine yeah. um, last year and sometimes in tournaments, I couldn't figure them out. I'd fill them up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Cut something off and throw it in there in case you need it in a second. Yep, that sure is handy, but probably not if you don't have a trail. So, have, uh, Jason, you or Matt, have you guys fished chick before? I've never been there. I I have not been there either. It, it it's on the list for sure. Right, right. I'd definitely like to fish there and Gunnersville. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, the people in the area were very. Um, receptive and hospitable um, you know and we'd go to dinner um, at dinner at the same spot every night because it was so good but uh, uh, you know the people at the hotel um, were, you know they were very very courteous to us um, yeah and even you know you get around a lot of the um, say Kentucky Lake right it's a lot of kind of mom and pop uh, motels um, around there and of course, they you know they really accommodate um, to the the anglers. Um, you know, of course, uh, Kyle and I stayed at the Holiday Inn Express, but they as well had um, battery charging um, out there on the light poles um, in their parking lot, which uh, that was kind of unique to me. I hadn't really seen that um, for most of the chain hotels around the country uh, accommodating to anglers like that. So. Um, they know their market. Really nice people. 
Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, you know, my only experience with that sort of situation is around Kentucky Lake. And every everything around there re- revolves around the fishing world, you know. That's what they've got. It does. It does. Um, hey, another thing, just to kind of plug this as well. Um, so um, those that are participating in the, uh, the Hobie events this year, um, you know, he announced that there he was given um, each of us a uh, uh, annual subscription to the Bassin magazine um, to kind of, you know, they're going to be promoting kayak angling even more. Um, they did one ser- uh, one release last year, I think he said, um, around kayak fishing. And it was so popular, and he had so many advertisers calling in for space and those kind of things. He's actually going to do a, uh, two of them this year, I believe. And uh, the first one's going to be focusing on this this past event, and then uh, you know looking for angler feedback um, on what he's doing there with that magazine, and uh, you know helping to promote our sport. Very yeah, nice. I used to read Bassin magazine. It's got some good stuff in it. Yeah, yeah. He said the one that they're getting ready to release right now is is going through. Gosh, I don't remember. It was over a hundred lure reviews. Jeez, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah so, I do remember him saying that. Yeah, so um, you know, it was really nice to to see um, you know coverage of of this event like that, and and just shows that you know the kayak stuff is, is really catching on more and more and it's getting you know getting the attention of those uh those companies that are traditionally been bass boat um supported so well spe- speaking of the popularity of kayak fishing and, and and how it's sort of changing the the fishing world a little bit um we just finished the 10 days at the indianapolis boat sport and travel show and um, I know from my perspective, I, I was there in the capacity of promoting Indiana kayak anglers. Um, but with the uh, different kayak retailers that were in Tackletown and then um, even just the, the interest at the Indiana kayak anglers booth over in the travel and tourism section, um, it seems like kayak fishing's kayak fishing had a pretty big presence. Um, at the indie boat show, you know, we had, uh, moving water outfitters was there with their usual giant display, but then also there was a demo pool next door. Um, Sun Valley sports was there with their, their usual, uh, two to three booth space area with their Hobie, Hobie kayaks, mostly focused around their fishing kayaks. And then, uh, of course we were blessed this year to have, uh, Chad Hoover from kayak bass fishing, uh, be at the show for all 10 days, not only, in the capacity of promoting KBF, uh, but also there to uh, actually give seminars. Uh, I think he gave 14 seminars over the 10-day period uh, that were all pretty well attended. Um, it was uh, it was great to see. Um, great to see how kayak fishing is growing in Indiana for sure. Just just from the perspective of that show, uh, Matt. I know you spent s- several more days there than I did in your. Um, in your role on team new canoe and helping out, mm-hmm. um, moving waters outfitters with, uh, with their kayak sales. So what, what was your opinion on the indie boat show? Uh, I mean, it was, 
I'd say this year is probably one of the busiest years that that uh, I've had there. So, uh, so when you say busiest year, you don't necessarily mean just foot traffic and people walking by, but actually interacting with with people who have an interest in the kayaks and are asking questions about them. Right. Them. Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't. I don't know if you can hear my voice, but I'm kind of lose my voice a little bit from talking so much uh, <laughs> over the the two weekends. Uh, but yeah, a lot of interest in the sport. I can't tell you how many people came up and said, I currently do not own a co- uh, kayak, but I want to get into it. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of people that, that had that comment and, uh, it was good. It was awesome. You know, getting people into, uh, in, in the kayaks as well with the demo pool there, uh, got to reach some people, but maybe been a, a little hesitant, but, uh, you know, they, they got to demo the, the kayaks there and, uh, it was a lot of fun. There's a huge, like you were saying, there is, there's definitely a huge movement and a huge growth in, in the sport. There is. And I think one of the things that's really good about a show like that is, like I mentioned before, right? A lot of the people are seeing kayaks showing up in the hardware stores and, you know, just the normal sporting goods stores. And, and a lot of people, that's just the image that they have, right? Is that, uh, you know, just that hundred to $200 kayak and, right. They get a, to a show like that and they see something that's maybe a little more comfortable, um, a little more stable. And, and I think that helps draw more people to it as well. Right. Because they're seeing something that they're just going to enjoy a little bit more than, um, you know, that one, uh, you know, a couple times a year river float kayak, um, that they see. So yeah, those events, when you're in a hard, really good. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say, I think those events like that and getting in there and and allowing those people to see, Hey, there's a, another level of kayak here. That's a little more comfortable or a lot more comfortable. Um, and, and you'll feel more comfortable being in something that's not as easy to tip over and those kind of thing. I hope to think that draws them in. Well, and I think I think a lot of guys that go to the sport and travel show like that are are fishermen are interested in fishing, and they see those kayaks in in your big box stores and your and your hardware stores that aren't necessarily purpose driven for fishing, but they think, oh, you know, I could maybe make that work and do some fishing out of it. But then, like you say, they see these kayaks that are um, are designed with the purpose of fishing for the purpose of fishing and it probably lights a little light bulb above their head. Like, Oh, look, you know, look, there is something available that already does what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's amazing. The people in the demo, uh, the demo pool that just kind of had that aha moment as soon as they sat down, Yep. uh, you could see it, you see it right in their face, you know, you see it, the smile, uh, it's just, it's awesome. The growth of the sport. I I can, I can attest that I was actually one of those aha moments on Saturday. So I, I went with, I went with one kayak in mind. I got in it. I tried it in the demo pool. I, I wasn't completely sold on it, but I was in that, Oh, I can make this work type thing. And then I tried a different one and had that aha moment. The moment I stepped into it and, uh, hopefully it'll be coming home with me in a couple weeks. So, 
So that touches on a very good subject, right? That uh, if we look at the, the ones that we have here on the call right now, we've got Matt with New Canoe, uh, you know, Jackson's with Hobie. I fish out of a wilderness systems. Um, there's, there's a lot of good options out there. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's the, one of the big messages that people need to take away from this discussion is get out there. There's a lot of different options, even within those manufacturers, there's a lot of different options and you're going to find something that's going to be the right fit for you. And you'll know when you find it. Yep. That's exactly right. It it almost, it's sort of like, I don't know if you guys have ever adopted a shelter or a rescue dog, but sometimes they adopt you, (laughs) right? Like, like you might go in with one, with one, notion that that's preconceived when you get there and and something happens that changes your opinion for you yeah yep it's very much like that and so that was good to see at the indie boat show and you know matt matt was firsthand and you know had a lot of firsthand experience in seeing that and i know over in the indiana kike anglers booth i i talked to a lot of people that that you know, may have been kayak fishing for a few years, but wanted to get really serious about it this year, or they've been fishing for a lot of years and just bought their first kayak, uh, you know, at the show and wanted some more information about what's available out there to, to participate in and groups to be a part of and stuff. And, and, uh, I know, uh, we got a lot of traffic from, from the show this year, a lot more than usual. Um, usually our booth at that show is just kind of self-sufficient, self-sustaining. There isn't a whole lot of interaction when people walk down that clubs and organizations aisle, usually. But this year, there were a lot of people stopping. And I think that's just indicative of, of where the sport is definitely going in the state of Indiana. And it's very exciting to see. And then I know um, uh, one of the things that was probably bene- was undoubtedly beneficial for us was the fact that Chad Hoover was there and, and a lot of people that across the country know Chad Hoover and know Chad Hoover as kayak fishing. Right. And so, yeah, I, I think just his presence there and his interaction with, with the, with the uh, people that were attending the show um, drove a lot of that too. And, uh, and it, it was amazing. His seminars, uh, I mean, they, they were highly attended. Yep. Even by the bass boat guys, uh, I think it it kind of caught some of those guys even by surprise uh, uh, about how in depth and and just how good of a seminar he put on. I know the one seminar that he did a couple did several times that SWAT seminar um, definitely wasn't yeah. just a just a kayak <laughs> thing, right? I think that caught a lot of people off yeah. guard too. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a lot of those things, right? They they apply, whether yep. you're in a boat or if you're in a kayak. Um, and, and some of those things, I you know, I got thinking about this when I was on Chick, uh, you know, just with the conditions, and it seemed like, you know, the things were kind of schooled up in certain areas. You know, there were times it was kind of like, man, it would be so nice if I could just, you know, power up my big engine and just take off to that next spot and see what's going on there. Right. We're in a kayak. I mean, we, we are, uh, making everything work, um, in a smaller package there. And so those things like he's talking about with the SWAT seminar, very applicable 
and uh right and and how we have to fish out of a kayak and be very uh selective about things probably uh you could probably say that it fishing out of a tournament out of a kayak versus a bass boat perhaps puts a little more pressure on your preparation and your planning right I think so because you can't just pick up and move as easy. Right. Um, and, but for anybody that's new, right, that I don't want that to be discouraging no, to you as well. Right. It's, it's, just, it's just applying your variables in a different formula. Yep. 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 So Jackson got to, um, got to participate in one of those shows in Fort Wayne and, and, uh, and in Northern Indiana, something that I didn't have much of a feel for. So, Jackson, what's your opinion on uh, how kayak fishing is is being received up in up in northern Indiana? Well, I was there for Dry Dock Marine um, Center, and I thought the attendance was uh, very great um, compared to the ND boat show. Um, it's probably nothing like that because that that's a huge boat show. This boat show is just basically um, ski boats, uh, pontoons, and then um dry dock had kayaks there um i talked to uh, there were very few times where i wasn't talking to someone so um i talked to a ton of people who were just getting into kayak fishing but then a lot of people who um are into kayak fishing already and had no clue about indiana kayak anglers and the tournament scene and all the opportunities um that kayak fishing has for um anglers um so People were very amazed by um, kayak bass fishing, and then again IKA. Um, I I almost handed out. I want to guess I handed out um, 100, 120 flyers. So um, I thought that was pretty amazing, and hopefully, a lot of the people I talked to end up um, fishing in some IKA events. So did you? Did you do any show? Did you do the same show last year? Um, yes, I did. So, um, what was yeah, the, the boat show. yeah? What was the difference between last year uh, and this year? To be honest, I think this year um the attendance was uh, greater because we're the first booth um right right as you walk in um to the right we're right there and last year. Um, I actually had some times where I just walk around the boat show because there, um, weren't, there were just people looking and not have any questions or super interested in how um, the like Hobies worked and um, the fishing scene of it. Um, but this year, um, I actually had like no time to go get lunch. Um, I had to eat uh, when people like weren't around and that would be like two minutes, sometimes five minutes at most. So, um, I had a blast. I mean, it went by, um, super fast just because there were so many people that I talked to and, um, met a ton of new faces, um, new connections. So it it was a great time. That's awesome. Yeah. I know that that's one of the things when you talk to the promoters of the shows, um, the tri-state show was the same thing, right? They had a kayak booth when you first came in and, and I was talking to, um, you know, that promotes that. And he says, yeah, my plan next year is to have, have more kayak stuff here. Right. It's just so popular. And, uh, 
where, you know, that, that's nice to hear. Um, that it's, it's getting a lot of attention and, and bringing those people into the sport. The Tri-State Show was the one done in Lawrenceburg, right? Yes. Yeah. I didn't make it down for that one. I had wanted to, but then we got that crap weather. You you had a hard time getting home from that one, didn't you? Uh, Yeah, I mean, my drive was okay. I did pull two other people out of the ditch on my way, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there were there were others um that had come over from uh kind of southwestern indiana um i think jim and uh uh well matt Kiefer and kevin biggs out of evansville had come and, and they had quite the the trek um getting across there with all that snow but uh yeah it hurt attendance i mean no you know definitely mm -hmm. um having that that snowstorm come in hurt attendance this year but uh you know kind of getting back to the, the other piece right he said man this this kayak thing is is big we got to get more of it in here well hopefully we can help them out with that next year yeah yeah for sure awesome um so we've got a list of some club updates here um we're kind of shorthanded on participation from other clubs this year, but we've got IKA and, and SIAC represented on this podcast tonight. And, um, so I have on the list here, Alan, that you guys are having a fun event coming up here soon. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so as we mentioned in the, uh, first podcast that we did, um, SIAC is kind of having two pieces this year. We're going to do the, the normal, uh, tournament series like we've done in the past. Um, but we're also going to have some fun events this year for those that maybe aren't really into the, the tournament scene, but they like to go out and fish from a kayak. Um, the first event is called the multi-species mayhem. It's going to be March 10th, um, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. It's going to be down at Glendale State Fish and Wildlife Area. So that's Montgomery, Indiana, um, kind of north west of jasper um southeast of washington uh, kind of give you an idea where that is it's, it's going to be on uh, glendale uh, state and fish wildlife area so this is going to be uh, a multi-species event uh, it's going to be the total length of one bass one crappie and one bluegill um the uh entry fee is going to be 15 dollars per angler and then uh um, the overall, um, is going to get some prizes and, uh, you know, we'll be using our normal, uh, way of measuring things with a, you know, catch board, a hog trough, or, um, where they also allow the, uh, fish sticks too. Um, so if you're into, to trying to go after some different species, um, that day, come down, join us. Should be a good time. So it looks like there's at the Glendale Fish and Wildlife Area. There's uh, several bodies of water. Are they all in play for this event? They are. All the ponds and Glendale or Glenwood Lake are Dog. open in this event. Dogwood. Sorry, Dogwood Lake. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's yeah. fine. Cool. Looks like a neat area. It's a cool looking lake. Uh, <laughs> it is. We actually had the uh, the Sayak Championship on dogwood this last year um 
Uh, like there's a lot of uh, flooded timber, um, some grass up on the sides, um, and you know a lot of different areas to to cover. And obviously, it's a man-made lake, so there's a dam at one end as well. So. Looks like a pretty fun lake. Might have to come check that one out. March 10th might be a little early for me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you, are you camping? <laughs> uh, no. I don't know. That's uh, I don't know. We had some. So it was it was pretty cool when we were down there in October, and uh, there were some people that camped. There were some people that slept in their trucks. Um, I don't know. I mean, West Boggs was pretty cold last year, even a little later in the year. Yeah. But yeah, we're kayak people. We can. We can handle it. <laughs> so how that goes? <laughs> I'll have to remember that one next time I complain. <laughs> so Matt, you want to uh, you want to go over the current event that we're uh, signing up for for Indiana Kayak Anglers? Sure. So it is May third or fourth. It's it's a uh, one night stand event, and you can fish uh, one of one of those days, either the third or the fourth. Um, so we're calling it a 50, 50 fundraising event. Uh, so half of the money is going to IKA fundraising. And then earlier in the show, you know, I'd mentioned, uh, uh kind of a, an important part of our kayak community here in Indiana, uh, Joe Gentry, his son, Turner, uh, at cerebral palsy and, so they're working on getting him some uh, uh, some surgery up in Minnesota, and so half of that money is also going to go to Joe's family uh, to, to help those guys out. It's a forty dollars sign up, and uh, right now we have forty three signed up, and there is a limit on this one of uh, of sixty people, and it's any. Uh, State waters in Indiana here um, is is open to fish. I'm actually pretty excited about this this format. I think uh, I've not fished one of these one night stand type events before, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. Mostly because I've yeah, it should be exciting. I've never actually night fished before, so I'm going to give that a whirl for the first time. That's surprising. Yeah, that's some of the big never. ones come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get in these tournaments, right? And you go to sleep at one, you know, at night, and you wake up the next day, and Jackson's put up, you know, 110 inches. It seems like every night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's fun. I mean, it's scary sometimes. Like, I mean, if you got a bright headlamp, I guess not, but. You're just like I'm just reeling in a chatterbait, and five feet from the boat, a giant hits it, and you're about to fall asleep, and all of a sudden it just wakes you up. <laughs> it, it, it's a blast. Hey, we don't have any gators here in Indiana to worry oh. about, so it's relatively safe. Jeez, <laughs> right? Yeah, it'd be kind of scary looking around with your headlamp on, and hey, there's some eyes looking at me. Yeah, that would be pretty creepy. <laughs> um. Hey, so on that event, you know, so I think most people, most people have been around kayak fishing, know who Joe is. Um, yeah. 
but but you know, I just got to say, I mean, Joe is a great guy, right? So when I was just getting started into the kayak fishing thing, um, you know, Joe was a person that I could talk to, kind of, you know, figuring this thing out. Um, obviously, the whole fishing thing was new to me, and you know, he he offered me some advice and and helped me with some things when I was first getting started. Um, and and the guy's funny too, yeah. so. Um, man, you know, a great guy. Um, good to, to see the, the kayak community coming together and, and doing something for, you know, one of our kind of main staples, um, in the sport yeah. here. Absolutely. Yep. He's, uh, he's the reason, uh, you know, a lot of us are, are fishing and still fishing and, um, you know, the, the kayak community always, always prides itself and, uh, on how close we are. And I, I think this is, this is a good opportunity for us to, to show it. Yep. We, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know a single person that would ever have a bad thing to say about Joe personally. And quite honestly, if they do, uh, I, I probably wouldn't listen to it. So. Yep. Same yeah, here. He, he's an amazing guy for sure. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna miss seeing him out at the tournaments this year because I know he's gonna be he's gonna be gone a lot of the summer and he's gonna be missing a lot of the events. So I'm gonna be yeah. uh, gonna miss seeing him, but hopefully we can all stay in touch with him. And um, if you go to the Tourney X page or even the Facebook event page, I've got a I've got a link there to uh, a Caring Bridge, which is like a blog that his wife is maintaining, so that people can kind of follow along with Turner's story and how things are going. We've also got a link there directly to their GoFundMe account so that, you know, if you, if you can't or don't want to fish in the event, you can still go to GoFundMe and, and contribute to the cause a little bit. I know there's been several kayak anglers that uh, have done that already, and I hope more do. Um, you know, that, that'll be where we'll be donating the money is directly through GoFundMe to help with that campaign. And uh, one of the things that uh, – one of the things going back to this event a little bit too um, – of course, all all of the money that's coming in for the entry fees is is going to one of the two places. You know, half of it to Ica and half of it to Joe's uh, GoFundMe campaign. Uh, but the winner of that event will actually take home a pretty sweet kayak package, and that's been provided by the series sponsor for this year for Indiana Kayak Anglers Moving Water Outfitters, and they're donating a, uh, a bona fide RS one seventeen. Uh, in the color of the winner's choice, um, they're donating a Bending Branches uh, Angler Classic Paddle and a $100 gift card to their shop uh, where you can purchase some accessories for your new kayak. And they, they carry Akatak gear and, and Malone Auto Sport or Auto Rack stuff. So uh, it's a pretty sweet prize yeah, package that somebody can take home for, for you know contributing to this event. What are you going to say, Matt? Yeah, they've got some pretty amazing Yakut Pack stuff in there, uh, and they're getting more and more. Uh, it's one of the first times I've been able to see the Omega rod holder and stuff like that. It's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, they're a, they're a great shop, and that's where I bought my kayak from and, and uh, uh-huh. you know, the items that I rigged it out with. So, um, good guys there, and uh, you know they'll make sure they take care of you. 
and always a solid supporter of the kayak community too. Yeah, that's uh, right. you know, the first event that I actually did was back when they were uh, holding the Indiana Open. Um, that was the <laughs> first ten- tournament that I ever did, and uh, um, you know, drove up there, and that was my introduction to their shop. Was that the event that Joe won? Um, yeah, the second time. Did he win it twice? Yeah, fuck. Yeah, he's back to back champ. Yeah. Yeah, it was the last one that they had held. Yep. Um, was the, the one that I did. That was miserably hot that day. <laughs> yeah, yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so then I think really all we have left is uh, probably just besides the SIAC fun event, which is coming up, you said March 10th, right? That's correct. And then the only other event that I know of in Indiana in March is the KBF State Challenge, which is a month-long uh, online event. Um, I actually personally haven't decided if I'm signing up for that one yet or not. I'm not sure my March schedule yeah. contributes to, to uh, getting much fishing in in March. But you know how many are signed up for that event right now? Um, um, I was just trying to pull it up here. I know it was over 20. Really? Okay. That's a oh, awesome wow. turnout. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Jackson might not even have any open water to fish in the month of March. <laughs> He'll have to come down, no. He'll have to come down and fish <laughs> well, at Atterbury. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about signing up, and then I thought about the factors of, I mean, there, there's still a half of ice on right now i mean it should be off by next week but then i'm also going to be heading down to the national championship a little early oh, so yeah, i'm right. not going to have all month to fish but i completely forgot I we'll, about we'll the see. national championship in march yeah yeah i'm seeing 26 one, sure. signed up now for the uh for the indiana state challenge for march that's awesome Wow, that, that's crazy. I heard my name yeah, in there somewhere. There's 26 I mean, anglers in it. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah, so I know when they opened this up, they kind of said, well, you know, you guys are going to need at least five, five to do it. Right. <laughs> and, and, uh, I know they were going to, to KBF and saying, we, we've got five, no problem. Just give it to us. And we've, we've come through and shown them. Looks like it's mostly That's Southern insane. Indiana guys where you're pretty sure you're going to have open water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then, then I, there's this guy. He, maybe he moved. This guy's listed in Tennessee. <laughs> Did he not see that that said I-N and not T-N? <laughs> uh, who was that? Uh, Jim Bailey. Oh, yeah. Jim did move up yeah. to Indiana. Yeah, I know. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to skip out on this one. You know, obviously that, that last week of March, I'm in the same situation that Jackson's in. And then I've looked at the forecast, um, for us next week and the highs are going to be in the twenties <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I have no interest in doing that. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. But, Hey, but those of you that are out there uh, doing that, I wish you guys the best. And uh, 
be safe out there. Catch yeah. A, catch a big fish. Make, make sure you listen to the first yeah, part of this podcast all, a couple yeah. times. <laughs> um, and, uh, do, who all, does anybody know who all is going down to the national championships from Indiana? Oh, uh, we've, we've got a huge group of us going. Yeah. Um, I, I guess we should have been more prepared for that. Well, I was thinking we might do another one of these before then. Uh, that's true about you. Yeah. I think there's a ton of us going down. There are, there are, um, I could try to pull it up here. I mean, there's a, uh, whole, whole list here. So let me see if I can find it here real quick. Um, took me forever to even find the list. So here we go. I got to scroll for a Um, while to load everybody. Yeah, so there's Aaron Molander, Aiden Darlington, Andrew Redeker, uh, Chip, uh, Brad Oswald, Chad Howard, Chris Clark, uh, David Brooks in Illinois. He fishes a lot of our stuff. Uh, Dirk Hayward, Eli Coleman, Glenn Landstrom, Jason Cassidy, the Oars, Jim Strunk, Kevin Biggs, Mike Elsie, Richie Shaw, Scott Drescher, Thomas McNulty, Alan Reed. So, who? Um, I was kidding. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so quite a quite a few of us going down there, and I know that uh, I don't know what everybody else is doing for lodging. I mean, I know there's a you know, two or three houses um, that people have gotten and kind of grouping up there, um, which that's going to be, that's going to be fun, right? I mean, national championship is, again, like we talked about with the Hobie Elpen, right? It's about uh, being there with the, the who's who of, of kayak fishing, but then, you know, being able to come back and, and uh, you know, talk to your fellow Hoosiers about what's happening out there and getting to know them better and all that stuff is going to be a blast. One of these days, maybe I'll try and qualify for next year's on Gunnersville. Get that off my there list. You Not, yeah. Hey, <laughs> you can sign up for March still. I'll have to go buy some car hearts and an auger. And <laughs> Bluegrass has open water. Yeah. I need to make my way down there still this year. I, I've never been down there. It looks gorgeous. I need to come try it out. Yeah, I saw, I know there's a couple people out there fishing on it today. Jeez. Jeez. All right. Well, we probably better wrap it up. We've been on here a little while. Bunch of chatty Cathy's. But that's what it's all about. And um, yeah, everybody that's fishing the national championship, good luck. And we will talk to everybody soon and see you on the water. Thanks, guys, for joining us. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for joining us, Jackson. It was great. We'll be on again, man.